Life is hectic, so wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with Factor's chef-crafted and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 options a week, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, they've got a variety that fits your lifestyle. Factor has restaurant-quality meals ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. They also have various easy options for the entire day, from breakfast to midday bites, smoothies, and more. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is a nutritious and delicious experience, and it won't break the bank. You can customize your meals by choosing 6 to 18 per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule deliveries anytime to fit your schedule. Factor meals are 100% hassle-free, giving you more time for what matters. Head to factormeals.com slash otherside50 and use the code otherside50 to get 50% off. That's code otherside50 at factormeals.com for 50% off your delicious, hassle-free meals. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, The Other Side NDE, where we talk about the fascinating phenomena of near-death experiences. These are more than just close calls. These are first-hand accounts of what people experienced dying, leaving the body, exploring another realm, and then returning to their body in order to share that experience with you. Every person that we interview, and many of us listeners, believe these accounts to be undeniably true experiences people had on the other side. If you enjoy listening to stories like these, make sure to check out our YouTube channel, The Other Side NDE, where we post two to three videos every week of people sharing their NDE stories. Hello, my name is Jacob Cooper. I'd like to take you on a journey with me that began several decades ago. It was September of 1993. To give my age away, I was just the age of three years old during this time. It was a beautiful September morning, and I went to the playground with family, friends, and my siblings at the time, and today felt like something different. There was something profound on the horizon that I couldn't put a finger on. But I went to the playground trying to have a fun time, and at the age of three years old, I was about to embark on a journey in this playground as a child playing in God's playground that would change the rest of my life. I'd like to share with you profound, incredible, mystical near-death experience that I had that I recall in complete, clear detail, just the age of three years old. I went to the playground trying to play, and I climbed a ladder onto a slide. And as I began climbing the ladder onto the slide, I began to notice that my breathing became a lot more difficult and even resuscitated when I reached the top of the slide. Bear in mind, looking back in it, I had something called whooping cough, otherwise generically known as pertussis, or the other way around. And as a result of this whooping cough, I suffocated. But at this time, my whole entire breath was going away to where I, I had nothing to hold on to. The breath as we know it is the lifeline. Life is breath. Breath is life. And during these moments, I began to just notice myself slowly suffocating to where there was nothing that I could do to stop the suffocation. And slowly but surely, as if I was in a basement, switching off the panels of the electricity of the basement, 
my body began to shut down within one power breaker, power breaker at a time. There was nothing I could do to stop my body shutting down. And so during this time, I noticed that my body wasn't functioning properly. And so rather than staying in the car when my engine wasn't working, I decided to get out of my body or the car to give an allegory. And I was able to see my body in the disembodied state. I was able to have an awareness of so many different parts of my body that if I had gone to medical school, I'm not sure I would know or see her as clearly as I did during this time. It's as if I had an x-ray scan over my entire physical body with priviness and awareness to all different functional components to it. But during this time, I was keenly aware of one part of my body, and that was my brain. I was aware that slowly, in addition to my body, my brain was being deprived of oxygen, and I could feel it caving in on me, as if you're in a room and the walls are caving in the room. In moments, I was able to feel my brain slowly shutting down, as if you have a plug in a wall and you pull out the plug, and my brain literally snapped in half, and I heard a large crack within my brain. And as the saying goes, my brain cracked open, and that's when God in the spirit realm came in. After this moment, my soul, or my being, I recognized was beyond my brain, beyond my body. There was a part of me that was continuing, with all life being taken from me during these moments. During this time, I began to race down a tunnel at some insane speed, a familiar tunnel that I've seen many times before. Not in this lifetime, but I know before this lifetime and many other times before this lifetime and other different lifetimes and incarnations. I became aware that I was about to leave my three-year-old self in this world. And I still had attachment to myself. I still felt, what would my life be like? And how would my parents respond to me being leaving? How would this story look? What were some of the chapters that I was meant to write? But slowly I felt myself going at an infinite pace, upwards and upwards, to where there was no end to how good I could feel or how high I could soar. The best way I could describe it was this endless sense of euphoria, where there was no time, there was no space. Most importantly, there was no limitations to how good I could possibly feel during this time. And then these moments later, I began an awareness of what I would like to refer to as the palace of God. You could say source, whatever your terminology is used to. But to me, this palace was the highest point or the highest pinnacle of reality as I knew it. It was a centerpiece of reality that all things came from. And looking in this beautiful palace, I became aware of beautiful melodic octaves coming from this. I was able to be aware of angels in this palace and a beautiful light that I saw. It was almost too potent for me to look at, so I had to shield myself because it was so powerful. It was such an adjustment from the physical world into the spirit realm. Moments later, I began to feel a sense of endless euphoria, as if it was just overwhelming to me. It's as if I was a fish and I was put into this great pond in a new body of water that I wasn't used to, but I invited it at the same time. Moments later, I became aware of a vibration, an energy, a feeling 
that to me spelt Christ's consciousness. To use the terminology that we're familiar today, but it's deeper than that. This was a whisper in a frequency on the other side that I was aware of. During this moment, it wasn't as if I saw Jesus Christ himself. It was even more potent. I was able to see the consciousness of Christ itself on the other side, and it was quite familiar and comforting. In this moment, going through all the trauma that I had through suffocating and the worries that I had of leaving my body behind and my life behind, and the uncertainty and the questions of what my life would be like, in this moment I was left with the feeling of all was well, will be well, and is well. And this is something that so many of us are not used to. We're used to pensing ourselves for Tuesday or Wednesday for something happening, for the bills being due in a couple of days. We're not used to being enough just as we are, in a place of endless peace, and endless eternity, where there is no time. Past, present, future, it's all in the one moment. You couldn't chop up the silence, you couldn't divide the eternity. It was futile. It's as if taking a bucket of water out of an ocean, thinking you're trying to take water out of the ocean. It was infinite eternity, and that's where I was dwelling. Moments later, I became aware of my body. I was pushed down the slide by my own spirit guides, which we are all assigned and contracted to before we come into this body. And these spiritual guides were a male and female entity and I was keenly aware of their names, and I was incredibly blown away by how beautiful, gigantic, and incredible their light was on both sides of me as they were able to help me go down to the slide. Moments later, I was going and transversing back beyond the physical and the spirit realm, I became aware of all the people that were with me at the park at that day. I was aware of my body, but I recognized that I have a body but I'm not a body. I was beyond a body. And as I was looking in the disembodied state of my body, I was able to feel a form of myself. I wasn't able to see myself, but I was able to feel my own form outside of my body. As I looked down at my body, I became aware of people calling my name, but I wasn't able to respond. I just laid there, lifeless and irresponsive. It's as if I felt like a caged animal that wanted to communicate and I was able to see other people, but they weren't able to see me. It was quite frustrating that the suffocation not only occurred to my body, but it occurred to me on an inner level when I crossed over, being unseen and unheard, yet I could see them. And moments later, I was able to know their thoughts and know what they were about. I became aware of their story beyond the surface as I knew it, the story of their soul. I became aware of dancing fire-like auras around, all the people around me. I was just amazed of how much is inside of us and all around us that we forget that indeed we are infinite spiritual beings at our core having this human experience. Moments later in the distance I became aware of what's referred to or what I call the spirit family or the soul family, which to me are all different actors and actresses in this play of life that we're connected to throughout many incarnations and many lifetimes, each fulfilling our own karmic duties and scripts that we play in each lifetime. 
and I became aware of all of my soul family, which was the very core of my own soul, and all the people that were watching me this whole time on record while I was living in this life as three-year-old Jacob. And as I saw my soul family members, I felt a feeling of embarrassment. And that was not their judgment. Their judgment was unconditional. It's as if I told my spirit team and my soul family that I was going on to this great mission, like I was a soldier going into war, that moments later I was discharged a couple weeks later. I felt it was just too premature for me to leave this body, that there was more work to be done. And so moments later, I became aware of an endless array or endless sea of angels, as I call it, that was floating right in front of me. These angels were very youthful in their presentation. Contrary to the spirit guides, my spirit guides were very micro-focused. They were focused on me, where these angels were just very much uniform in their presentation. They didn't have distinct characteristics, but the uniformality was unconditional love that they were sending and giving. And I could see them floating very peacefully right in front of me. I myself had my own doubts. I've always been my own biggest skeptic. I just thought to myself at that time, a clear thought. Am I dreaming this? Am I making this up? This seems too real to be true. And these angels were right over my body in this reality. I learned something. That the other side could feel like a million miles away. But it's also overlaying this reality. As if you take a radio dial and change it a couple ticks above this reality. It's right here around us at all times. As I was looking at the angels, I was able to hear and see their beautiful sounds, which was beyond any color descriptors that we have. It's as if the color had a personality. It's as if the sounds that I was hearing was beyond any particular sound that I've ever heard. It was beyond beautiful and perfect. It's beyond words. Moments later, I was able to be posed a question from the angels and my guides in the spirit realm, which is, what will I do? Will I stay, continue my life on the other side and my work on the other side? Or would I stay on this side and continue to finish my journey in this chapter of my life as Jacob? I posed a question as to what would this life be like? The same questions that I had when I was crossing over. I wanted to know what was the rest of my story? What was about? What was I here to do? Moments later, I was able to see what's called a life review. But this life review didn't just encompass this lifetime. No, it went further than this lifetime. It went to previous lifetimes that I lived. And moments later, I became aware of all the people that I was involved with as a teacher in that lifetime and the love that I shared with them. And by the way, this has been evidentially read to me through different intuitives and mediums throughout the year prior to my own best-selling book, which we will get to in a few moments, Life After Breath coming out, or me get becoming public with any of this work. There was incredible validation and undeniable evidence that this past life was real. Moments later, I became aware of why I had a near-death experience and how close to that near-death experience it was to my own past life in which I took my own life. 
I say take my own body, but you can never take a life, because we're all eternal. And I became aware that when I was having my near-death experience, I was suffering. I felt there was nothing to hold on to, nothing to move forward with. I felt trapped in endless suffering. Through the power of surrender and a trust and an infinite intelligence far greater than my own, I was able to let go to the breath of eternity when my own breath was taken. I was able to let go of suffering and a trust in a greater channel that allowed my perseverance through this near-death experience. Moments later, I became aware of different people that I was speaking to through groups, different lectures that I would be doing in this life. I thought to myself, a feeling of amazement with how beautiful the other side truly is. But as beautiful as it is, creating an awareness of heaven on earth might even be more profound. In this moment, I was able to connect to the eyes of participants that I would be speaking to and the work that I would be doing. And I said, as beautiful as the other side is, I cannot say no to this window. I cannot say no to bring the hereafter to the here now in this life to other people to allow them to re-remember who they really are. And with that thought, with that choice, everything slowly dissipated. My guides, my angels, they never left me, but they were out of my immediate awareness during this time as I was coming back into the body. But then slowly, I became aware of a question that I had. How do I know all this will be real? How do I know all this will come true? How can I trust in that this will be worth it to turn down the other side, to turn down heaven? And with that, my guides gave me a powerful message. The power of the lives that we have and how they are charted, but how significant it is to go on the higher road, to trust our thoughts, to trust the spirit realm. We're able to trust, we're able to go through with grace and ease in our life. Moments later, I woke up in a hospital bed after being rushed by an ambulance to the hospital, and I knew that my life was forever changed. Weeks went by, and I noticed that my brain was much different. As I said before, once my brain snapped in half, to the deprivation of oxygen was when the spirit realm opened up. A couple weeks later, I just was a lot more keenly tuned into the other side. Looking back on it, I know that the brain is not a producer of our life, but a filter between the two worlds. In moments of this early childhood was very complicated, but I was very connected to the spirit realm. I was able to have interdimensional communications with loved ones, I had my own connection to source, my own conversations with spirit, with God as we call it, with my own guides and angels. But I was more comfortable in that realm than this realm, like many other near-death experiencers had. And then one moment when I was trying to continuously revisit, I was just given a message that I was meant to live my life in this body, in this life, still use all of that stuff. But really I was meant to be here and grounded, living a spiritual being as during this human experience. So looking back on it, I'm sure you're perplexed with profound questions, starting with, you were three years old. How do you remember this? It's a profound question that I'm asked each and every day. I myself am my own biggest skeptic. My answer to that is how could I ever forget? How could I ever forget the profound love 
and warmth and healing on the other side. But from the ground up, trauma was my friend and my gift as to why I was able to, I believe, hold on to this memory. To some people, when they have trauma, they can completely forget the experience, or we could remember it very clearly. Yesterday marks, as I'm recording it, the 21st anniversary of 9-11, a very somber date in our nation's history. I know I was a young child, and if you had asked me, what was I doing 12, 9, 13, I could probably tell you. Now, if you asked me what I was doing in November, I couldn't tell you. If you asked me what I was doing during that time, I could remember it clearly. And that's trauma. We're able to remember surrounding events during that time that we have a stronger connection to in memory many times. I'd like to leave you with two powerful lessons that I had. The first lesson is that life is breath and breath is life. But indeed, there is life after breath, which inspired my actual book that I wrote, Life After Breath, that we are infinite spiritual beings having this temporary human experience, but we go on. And so, literally or metaphorically, if you're feeling out of sorts, it's as if there's nothing to hold on to, as if you're stuck. There's a big strength and power in the ability to surrender. Surrender is not giving up. It's very empowering, very enriching to ourselves, to the soul, to be able to receive assistance, to receive guidance, to know that we're not alone, which is a big illusion that we can feel. We're always surrounded and loved and protected by all things on the other side. Second lesson I learned is we could bury a body, but never a soul. The soul is eternal, we go on. So no matter what you're going through, understanding that life is a very intelligent experience. It's a guided experience. It's not random. We are guided and connected to a higher intelligence that's navigating our life. This is not a random biological experience just here to play the material game. This is a spiritual existence. And we're here to have an opportunity to evolve the soul, to remember who we are, that we are infinite eternal beings. So the world could create our mind, but our mind could also create our world. And that's a profound place of position to be in our life, to remember who we are, who you are, so that we can remember who we are. We're all infinitely connected, far greater than we could possibly comprehend. I hope some of the material today assisted your journey, guided your journey. And just remember, that it's okay to let go. I know that's the reason why I'm here today. As when I lost all of my breath in my body, I was able to surrender to the breath of eternity that we all have within us, the divine spark. And that propelled me to continue on. I remembered who I was. Despite the turbulence, we indeed go on. We are eternal. Bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Remember who you are. And I hope this story will enrich your experiences and many other profound near-death experience encounters on this channel. Thank you. We all fall in when the love